are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Hi, this is Jimmy A. Light with Up To Me Radio with the show Inside Out. Today, I'd like to welcome with me a very special guest, Linda June Jin, and we'll be discussing how the brain works today. So I want to welcome Linda. How are you, Linda? Hi, thanks for having me on your show. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks. Thanks for being here. I did some research. I know we spoke in the past, and I'm very excited about having you on today. We did some research, and um, I was really interested in the five parts you have on how the brain works. And I really like to go over some of that with you. Um, and we could start, you know, just methodically with step one and, you know, you can choose to go into it, um, whichever way you want now. And I'll ask you questions along the way and stop you and kind of like, um, go one step at a time and see if we can get a, a good angle of what you're looking at, how you're helping people with these programs. Does that make sense? Sure. Okay. So you're talking okay. about probably the five steps of brain education that I have on my YouTube channel, right? Exactly. And I really liked it. So I really wanted to go over it with you and kind of share this with the, with the audience. Sure. So let's okay. start, start with, with the overview of it for the people that don't know about it. And then we can go to step one and we can go from there. But let's, if you can give us an overview. Okay. All right, so first of all, um, the five steps of brain education comes from an academic study from South Korea called Brain Education. Now, I can't take credit for creating brain education. It was actually created by a New York Times bestselling author and meditation teacher who is actually my meditation teacher as well. His name is Ilchi Lee, and he created these right. five steps of brain education from a variety of different sources from spiritual practice, from energy work, from East Asian philosophy, and then also just from his experience of helping people for the last four decades. So brain education is a formally recognized academic study from South Korea. So that means that in Korea, you can get a bachelor's, master's, and also a PhD in brain education. Now, I didn't know that. (laughs) So as you mentioned, that's great. There are five steps to brain education, and each step is a progress, like a progression one after the other. So I guess this is a natural way of me talking about each of the five steps. So it was kind of built because um, from a premise that we all have a brain, every single person, no matter what race, what gender, what religion, what academic background, everyone is born with a brain. And Il Chili likes to say that as long as you have a brain, brain education applies to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so everyone gets included in this. Sorry? So we all get included in this. Every human being has a chance. Right. Every single person. It doesn't matter how quote unquote smart you are. So as long as you have okay, a brain, good. brain education applies to you. And um, Il Chili created it based on the fact that we all have a brain. But not everybody knows how to use their brain to create the life they want. I think maybe some listeners on this talk show, and then maybe you guys can feel in your normal life that 
yes, I have a brain, but I sometimes feel like I'm kind of a victim of life. Like life just happens to me without my control. And I kind of feel like, like I am not living as the master of my own life. So, right. Right. And so there's a lot of us that can, that feel that way at times. Yeah. So brain education was based for people who feel that way. People who feel like I want to take charge. I want to take control of my life. I want to create the life that I want. I don't want to live as a victim. I want to be the protagonist of my own story. And I want to be able to create the best life that I can using the tools that I'm given. Okay. Sounds good. It's, so this is sort of like manifesting in a, in a way you're manifesting from your own, from your own brain. Right. You're manifesting yourself and you're manifesting, I would say, I guess what's inside is outside sort of kind of so it's kind of manifesting yourself and manifesting I guess your surroundings a little bit or yeah is that correct or if you break down life at its most basic level everything that we experience is created by the brain our perceptions our beliefs our um things that just drive us in life our desires our wishes they all come from the human brain Okay. And even all of your organs, they fire based on the signals and chemicals that are given off by the brain. So the brain is the foundation of life. And if you don't know how to use your brain, and if you're not living as the master of your brain, it's kind of safe to say that you are not taking charge of your own life. So brain education comes in to help people take charge of their own life using their brain. Okay. Sounds good. So can we go ahead and go on to step one and just like put us in a place where we can all, someone could start and someone can get an idea of how you start. Sure. Okay. So step one of brain education, as I mentioned, each one is a progression on top of the other. Step one is called brain sensitizing. Brain sensitizing means awakening the sense to feel energy. And the reason why we have to kind of, when we talk about the brain and how to use your brain well, the reason why we have to talk about energy too is because it's energy that connects your brain to your body. A lot of people live disconnected to their body from their brain and they don't know why. But we say that it's energy. It's literal electric impulses that travel through your nerves that connect your brain and body together. And a lot of people simply put brain sensitizing is putting you off autopilot. Many people live on autopilot being numb to what's going on inside of them and then also being numb to what's going on outside of them. And if you're living on autopilot, if you're living numb in your life and you have no idea what's going on inside of you and outside of you, you can't on a foundational level take charge of your own life. So, so it's kind of being more mindful in a moment. Mindfulness is a part of brain sensitizing, but first and foremost, there are some exercises that we do to help awaken your sense to feel energy. I would say it's more of a sense to feel. Okay. Because I would say everybody wants to be healthy. Everyone wants to be happy and everyone wants to feel peace. That's a common thing that we all feel on a human level, but If you don't know the condition of your body, how can you take charge of your health? 
And then also, if you're not aware of what emotions you have inside, how can you make sure that you can create a happy life? And then also, if you don't know what kind of traumas and past experiences and beliefs that are blocking you from your peace, how can you create peace in your brain? So step one Mm. is realizing what is going on inside of me. There are many methods to get here. Meditation, tapping, different exercises that I can get into to go inside and see what am I carrying? What do I have? What do I need to work on? That's step one. Okay. Um, Let's go to step two. And then step two is brain versatilizing. So versatilizing, you probably won't recognize the word because it was made up. (laughs) Brain, Brain versatilizing, simply put, means making my ideas flexible. A lot of the times, many people, we have fixed ideas of what is good and what is bad, what should be, what shouldn't be, what I want and don't want. And of course, these ideas help you live your life and help you see some kind of direction and make sense of your life. However, a lot of the times when we're so fixated on what should happen and shouldn't happen, what's good and what's bad, we kind of put our brains in a box. We limit ourselves more than help ourselves. And I think that's why a lot of worldly conflict between countries, between religions who fight, oh, my belief is better than your belief, or my God is stronger than your God. These kinds of divisions, these kinds of fixed ideas that mine is better than yours is what causes internal chaos and also external chaos. So brain versatilizing is about making your thoughts flexible, that yes, I have my beliefs, however, other people have their beliefs too, and that is okay. It's about learning how to exist harmoniously, and to accept and be able to think beyond your own thoughts. So in politics too, this is huge. There's always a battle between the left side and the right side, Democrat, Republican, But, you know, at the end of the day, we all want the same thing. We all want betterment for the country. So being able to embrace other people's ideas, respect other people's opinions, and learning to live harmoniously together is step two. And how does that work within the individual themselves in in terms of their own internal conflict? Does that also work? Because I know there's, there's, obviously there's, People are split with a lot of things. Some people want success, but they're geared also towards feeling negative and failure. Does does this um, flexibility also work with people who are stuck in, let's just say, their own patterns? Yeah, exactly. So inside of us, too, with our own experiences, we have this idea of what should have happened and what shouldn't have happened and what is good inside of me and what is bad inside of me, we have these dualities inside too. And ultimately these dualities prevent us from feeling self-love and self-respect, especially if you feel like you don't get what you thought you should have gotten in your life. And when you have these beliefs that prevent you from building a strong, loving, respectful connection to yourself, then energetically, it piles on negativity, negativity that can create disease from inside, that can limit your relationships with people, that can limit your experiences that you have outside in the real world. So it's about making 
the beliefs inside of yourself also flexible and soft so that you're able to accept you just as you are way more easier. Mm, that sounds great. And, and, you know, you mentioned, you know, dis-ease and um, what would you say to somebody that already has dis-ease, whether it be physical or mental, does, does your kind of brain work also help people um, get perspective and are they able to heal better with these types of treatments? So I don't like to promise any guarantees. <laughs> of no, course, we of course can't not, promise but... guarantees with anything. Right. But what I can say is that from an energetic perspective, physical illness is an energy buildup that's actually happened for a long time. When a certain negative energy builds and builds and builds and builds, it manifests as physical ailments. So once you feel the physical symptoms of something, it already means that you are carrying some sort of energy that brought that disease for a long time before it came to the surface. And a lot of the times when I see many different people, their sickness comes from a lack of self-love, self-respect. First and foremost, you can say, oh, this person did this to me, or that person did that to me, and I was victimized this way, this way. But It was ultimately my choice to see and perceive and receive those things that happened in my life in a negative way. So at the root foundational energy level, when some sort of lack of self-love, lack of self-respect, lack of self-acceptance has built for a long, long time, then it can manifest as disease. Yeah, cutting-edge science is showing that now, actually. You know, they're showing that um, they're taking traumas, uh, traumas in people's lives and multiple complex traumas. And they're showing how these traumas later on in life turn to disease, whether it be cancer or heart disease or um, autoimmune issues or all of the above. So they're actually starting to scientifically show how these traumas and these trapped emotions and these blocked emotions are leading to real I mean, real disease. This is not, it's not any more, it's not any more psychosomatic. It's actually, um, it's actually the, the body is changing because of its belief systems or its blockages um, over the years. So it's actually been proven scientifically. If you take it, let me ask you a question, Linda. If you take a scale of health, and I'm just going to just, let's use an arbitrary scale right now. Let's just say, one, if you could say one is perfect health and, um, and you go down the scale to, let's say, up the scale to, let's say, 10 being the first manifestation of disease. So two, three, four, five, as you go up the scale, um, you have more blockage. You're not quite as healthy. And let's say you get to the, the, the number 10 and you have physical manifestation in the body and or the mind. So let's, you can't separate the two. Um, let's say you have bad depression or bad anxiety, or you have physical illness, um, the start of physical illness. And we, can say, and we can go from 10 to 20, and then we can you know, further go down that line with lack of health and more dis-ease. So again, no guarantees, we know that, but how would you take that person, can you take that person backwards? 
towards a, a healing place. Because in order for you to manifest happiness and all the other things in life that you would want, you know, whether it's peace of mind, happiness, uh, financial goals, etc., you're going to have to start off at least with some physical and mental health. Um, and that would be a point, you know, the beginning. And so can we take someone that's, you know, at that point, like, you know, at number 12 and, and gotten to their point to number 12 right now on the scale from one to one to 10, and then going beyond that with physical modalities. Can you take someone like that and start bringing them closer to back to one? I know that's asking a lot, but just, just a question. Absolutely. And I say that with confidence because the beautiful thing about the human body is that we're forever malleable. We're not fixed. We're always changing. Energy is always evolving and flowing. So just because you're stuck in a certain state doesn't mean that you're stuck there forever. And I can attest to this from my own experience. I had a whole range of health issues by the time I was 18. So if I can share a little bit about my background. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, I would love that, Linda. That, yes. I think everyone would love to hear about it. So you can hear how much of a bad shape I was in. And so you could feel some hope. <laughs> well, you sound great. So whatever you were, wherever you were, we, we, you know, you sound great. So Thank you. So by the time I was 18, I was diagnosed with something called PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. And it's a long, fancy word for a condition where there are cysts in your ovaries that cause right. a bunch of hormonal right. issues. So as a result of PCOS, I had no period for about six months. I was breaking out in cystic acne very badly all over my face. And I, um, because I wasn't having a period naturally, I had to take hormone medicine to false induce a period. And um, I went to many gynecologists, many dermatologists, many hormone doctors who just couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. There was no real reason. They always say PCOS. There's no known origin of where it, where it starts, but it always ends in cancer. That's what they said. They said, by the time exactly. you're an adult, you're going to get That's not a happy ending. I know, but they, they said this. They said, you're going to get cervical cancer. You're going to get uterine cancer. Uh, you're going to be infertile. You're, you're never going to have children. So they basically gave me a death sentence by the time I was 18 right. before my life even started. That's horrible. Yeah. So they said this, there's only one end to this and it's cancer of multiple kinds, infertility, and you're going to live with this for the rest of your life, which means you're going to have mm -hmm. terrible skin and breakout for the rest of your life. That is incurable. They basically said I was incurable. Oh, that's yeah. horrible. And it's horrible for them to say it like that. But go ahead. Go on. Yeah. So they put me on a bunch of hormonal medicine, like hormone medication. And um, mm -hmm. so I was taking like many pills a day just to kind of manage, just to float above water. And I felt so discouraged. And because doctors were telling me and I thought, OK, well, doctors should know what they're talking about because. Right, right. Of course. All the schooling, they're professionals, they know better than me. So if they say that my life is over, then gosh darn it, I guess my life is over. <laughs> right. But there had to be something in you that was a fighter that said, I'm not going to accept this. But go, go on and let us know about that because you, you obviously overcame it. So thankfully, 
while I was going through this, my mom had started brain education before me. So she had gotten into energy work, meditation and yoga. And my 18 year old brain always thought science is the best way. And all this meditation energy work is just spiritual hoo-ha and I don't believe it. And it's especially because my mom was doing it. I was like, my, whatever my mom's doing is probably crazy. So I'm not going to try. Right. A little rebellion in you, right? <laughs> I think all kids feel that way. No matter what your parents are doing, it's not cool. <laughs> right. Right. So you had, but, to talk, you, you had to test her out first. But go ahead. But thankfully, um, My mom didn't give up on me, even though I gave up on myself. And she encouraged me to do energy work because she said, you know, Linda, you are kind of at rock bottom anyway. So why don't you just try this? You have nothing to lose. And, you know, she was right. And if I was being honest, I saw how how much of a positive change I could visibly see in her in terms of her health, happiness and peace level through whatever she was doing. And this thing was called brain education. So I tried it and uh, it's been, so I'm 32 now. So it's been 14 years since then. And all of my symptoms reversed with consistent, diligent energy work for about a year and a half. So after, after a year and a half, I lost all the weight that I gained from PCOS. My periods were back to normal. I'm not on any medication anymore. I have beautiful, clear skin and my, hor- uh, my hormone levels are normal. My period is back to normal. So it's definitely reversible. And now, Jimmy, when I look back on what, what could have possibly caused this, because right. I was an athlete, I was an athlete, I was exercising, I was eating organic, I was checking off all the boxes that society told me, if you do A, B, and C, you're going to be healthy. I was right. Running, right. I was eating well, I was taking care of my like sleep, I was doing everything right, but I was still sick. So when I look back on what could have caused this, I can attribute to one thing. And it's at that age, because of the environment that I grew up in and the experiences that I had, I had no self-love and no self-confidence and literally no self-respect. So I was in a very low, I guess, self-value place. And I think that kind of negative energy that I had towards myself of I didn't like who I was. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I wanted. I couldn't, I thought I was ugly. All, you know, like the normal things that people feel in life. I felt those things. And I think a pile up of all this negativity of judgment that I had of myself of me never being good enough for myself, never being pretty enough for myself compared to all these beautiful women on social media, all those things contributed to creating a negative energy within that ultimately, I think, attacked my hormones and made me have those physical symptoms that I did. Yeah, that's, that's, that's so clearly thought out. Thank you. You come up with these ideas. I mean, obviously you did a lot of work on yourself. And so the question is how quickly did you, did it take you to understand what you were doing to yourself in terms of your thoughts and your negative feelings about yourself? Did you come up with this right away or was this a process? I think it helped with step one of brain education. When I could take a step back and see how I was living my life. As I mentioned, step one is brain sensitizing. So it's about unnumbered. 
unnumbing yourself and having some kind of mindful awareness of how you are living your life, how you are treating yourself. Because unless you really take a look in the mirror and look at yourself in the eye, it's not easy to see how you're treating yourself, what kind of thoughts you have. So so through meditation, through self-reflection, and really wanting to see what is going on inside of me that is making me like this, digging inside actually helped me find the answer way more ineffectively than depending on somebody to tell me the answer. I depended on a doctor to tell me what was wrong with me. Okay, so side note, I'm not saying you shouldn't ever believe doctors, but I'm just speaking from my experience. When I just completely entrusted an outside professional to take care of me, they obviously don't know your entire life. They don't know your background. They don't know what is causing your symptoms. So it wasn't until internal work that I really found that this was the root of my physical symptoms. Yeah, it's very empowering, I think, to take charge of yourself. And even to the point of, you know, I remember when I was younger, going to the doctor's, very young, and I always used to have this feeling that, you know, I wasn't afraid of needles. I wasn't, I don't know what I'm talking about as a really young kid now. Um, and, but I was always afraid of what the doctor would say, like what, what, what was wrong with me? What, you know, and, and, and I gave the doctor so much power. And it's funny because as I got older, um, part of my own, you know, self work and work on myself, things that I've done over the years, I got to the point where, I, the mindset was not the doctor's going to tell me what's wrong once I go there. And again, it's not anti-doctor, but it's just that it's the way you take something in. It's the way you, um, you can't let the doctor project his negativity in terms of, even if he's being honest, obviously he's being honest to himself by telling you what he thinks. That doesn't mean your reality is what his reality is, is saying. So, you know, for instance, uh, I was diagnosed with cancer a couple of times. I had two cancers. And the doctor's diagnosis to, for, to me was very um, uh, severe in terms of how he thought of it and what he thought might happen. And without going into every, you know, uh, detail of what he said, but the way I took it and spun it and spun it for real though, not just, you know, kind of faked it, but really thought of it and and in my own mind, was completely different than the way the doctor did. And so I came from a much bigger place and much more positive place. And I figured out, and, I, and it, it wasn't a negative, like the doctor felt it was a negative. It wasn't like this life-changing thing. It was just a matter of, okay, I have something, I'm going to deal with it, not a big deal. And, you know, the anxiety, the depression, the fear wasn't there. Now, it was in the doctor. So I think that there's a certain sense of if you could take responsibility for your um, own feelings and you don't allow someone to project whatever that diagnosis is onto you in a negative way, um, I think that's even that alone is a big step on how you start dealing with, you know, your, your both your mental and your physical self. So I think that that alone, you know, is... A, a very big step in anybody's life. If you'd like to, you know, kind of share any thoughts on that. I totally agree with you. I think one of the main kind of teachings of brain education is taking charge of your own health. 
that these professionals outside of you, you can go to them for just um, advice and just use whatever their guidance, but ultimately you deciding what you want to do with yourself and you finding the answers inside because nobody else outside of you is going to know every little circumstance that you went through, every little thought that you every little thing that's right. Or, how you, or even how you see the thing, how you see the situation, they see it in one way. It's funny because the doctors were like, I can't believe your attitude. And I can't believe that you're, you know, it, you know, they were, uh, you know, astonished by some of my, you know, things fooling around and joking around. And I can notice that the doctor's attitudes were changing right in front of me because they were picking up my energy. So rather than taking their energy, I was, I was bringing the energy to the table and at first they were like a little surprised. And then after a while, it just became, they just picked up my energy and they, they kind of changed the way I did. They were just going with it. So it's funny. You can either go with the negative energy or you can come with the positive energy. And it shifted in the doctor's minds also, even to the point of when I was going for surgery, before the surgery, I was fooling around with the doctors and joking around about, you know, and the thing is, it got to the point when there were, wasn't, me trying to convince that anybody, it was just a very quiet, positive feeling that just, I guess, the doctors picked up. And so I think, you know, you have two choices. You can either choose a negative road or, and a, you know, or you can take it and you can turn things around. And I think it's so powerful. And that's just a small, but this is not to say everything you're doing, but this is just a small little piece that I can share from my own little journey um, with, um, you know, using the mind to heal and different types of um, shifting of your attitude that can change just everything. So. That's right, Jimmy. And I think this is a perfect time to kind of talk about step three, because it's exactly what you just mentioned. So step three of brain education is brain refreshing and brain refreshing is about healing and purifying negative perceptions of your traumas and your past experiences. So as you said, Jimmy, I think everything in life, there is a bad way to look at it and a good way to look at it. Just like a flower, somebody can, two people can be looking at the same flower and one person can think it's the most beautiful flower in the world. While the other person who is looking at the same exact flower can think of it as the ugliest flower that they've ever seen. So it's not about Mm -hmm. the flower. It's about my perception of the flower that makes it the most beautiful thing I've seen or the most ugly thing I've seen. So taking this into your life, into people's lives, whatever horrible thing that you've been through, everyone has been through trauma. Everyone has been through some kind of emotional damage, but no matter how awful the situation, there is a very negative victimizing way to look at it, or there's a positive way to look at it. Whatever you went through, um, yeah, whatever you went through, it could be a very terrible thing. And usually if it stays in your body as trauma, it's because you chose to look at it in a very terrible way. But then there's also some kind of positive that I'm sure everyone has experienced that through suffering, there's growth. Through this experience, I changed, became somebody that I wouldn't have been if it wasn't for this terrible experience that I went through. So brain refreshing is about healing and and seeing and training my mind how to look at all of my traumas and experiences with people that have left a bad impression inside of me and it's causing some kind of physical disease. 
how can I transform these memories into something positive, something good, something that was advantageous for me? So that is step three of healing, brain refreshing. Mm. Okay, so it did fit in perfectly. You're right. And, yeah. and, and we have what, five steps all together, correct? Yes. Okay, let's go to step four. Step four is now, now that you've sensitized your body, now that you've made your, made your thoughts flexible, and now you have purified your emotional trauma, step four is now about integrating your left and right brain. A lot of people, they say, oh, yeah, I'm left brain, or oh, yeah, I'm right brain, which is great, but you have two hemispheres. You have two brain hemispheres, and it's optimal when both of your brain hemispheres are being used equally. So connecting your left and right brain has a lot to do with different kinds of energy work that you can do. But step four is called brain integrating. Brain integrating is connecting your left and right brain so that your logical left side and your creative right side are working together to help you create the life that you want. Because whatever you're trying to manifest, you need reason and logic of your left brain and you need the creative imagination of your right brain. So the right brain, right. Step four is brain integrating, connecting left and right together. And so I assume that there's different, I mean, I know some techniques out there that are probably, that you've probably heard of, um, but there's different techniques to do that. So do you have a range of, of techniques or do you have one or two techniques that you guys use? Or is, it, is this a, um, can you tell me a little bit more about how you integrate the left and the right brain? Sure. Yes, there's many different techniques that we use specifically in brain education, but I guess something that I can share kind of with audio without showing that maybe. Okay. Yeah, I was just going to ask you that. Yeah. Maybe some people in the audience want to try right now where you are is when you just close your eyes, imagine drawing an infinity sign between your left and right brains. So with your eyes closed, imagine you are drawing an infinity sign looping and connecting your left and right brain together. Now, don't draw that infinity sign too fast, slowly and mindfully, where the mind goes, energy follows. So as you close your eyes and draw a infinity sign slowly between your left and right brain, because your mind is focusing on left and then right and then left and then right, where your focus and attention goes, energy follows. And where energy goes, the connection happens. So it's all about where you place your mind. If your mind is outside of you, energy will go outside of you, which is why when you go shopping, do you sometimes feel like super drained after you go shopping? (laughs) It's because your mind, it's true, right? Yeah, I was just going to say that. It's true because... And I like that. I like that infinity thing. That felt really good, actually. I don't know if it's supposed to feel good also, but it did. It's supposed to be relaxing. So the reason why it you is. feel drained after going shopping is because you're constantly focusing on something outside. So your energy is going outside of you. So you're leaking energy out and you feel drained afterwards. So when you focus your attention in using that same energy principle, bringing my mind in, putting my attention to my left, left brain, right brain, drawing the infinity left and right, where your mind goes, energy follows. Where the energy goes, connection happens. So through this simple exercise, this is just one out of many, you can help integrate energy between your left and right brain hemispheres. 
if you're feeling, let me ask a question, Linda. So if you're feeling, if someone's feeling overwhelmed in life at moments or, you know, in general, is, is that the left and the right brain? Is that partly because they're not integrated? Is it partly because they're focused outwardly, more outwardly? Can you, can you, I know that's just, this is just a random question, but it just came to my mind. Yes. Overwhelm and anxiety from an energy perspective is when your mind is not focused on the present moment. So when you're overwhelmed and when you're feeling anxious, a lot of the times people ask me, where does anxiety come from? Where does overwhelm come from? So your mind, when you're present here and now in your current job or your current task, when your mind is fully present, connected to your body, you feel whole and at peace. But when your physical body is here in the present, your mind has the power to go think about the past and future. So, okay, let's, let's backtrack a little bit. Your body, your physical body can only stay in the present, right? You can't time travel back physically and you can't go to the future physically. Your physical body can only stay here in the present. Am I right? Right. Right. Of course. However, your mind is different. Your mind has the ability to go to the past. Think about things that happened already. It can stay in the present. And also your mind has the ability to travel and imagine to the future. Would you agree? Absolutely. All the time. Yes. So when people feel peaceful, It's when your mind and body are both existing together in the present moment. Now, where anxiety and overwhelm comes is your body, remember, can only be in the present moment, but your mind can go past, present, future. When your body is here in the present and your mind is in the future, thinking about things that didn't happen yet or thinking about all the things that you have to do when you're not focused on your current task here. That, ah, that, gap, that's very interesting. that gap between the present physical body and your mind in the future is what causes anxiety. The bigger the gap. So some people worry about 40, 50 years down the road or way more in the future. The bigger the gap between your mind and your body, the greater the anxiety, the greater the overwhelm. Wow, that's really, I mean, that was put so well. I, I never thought of it like that. I never heard of it, the explanation like that either. That's great. Thank you, Linda. Mm -hmm. So it comes from your mind and body not existing together. So in in these exercises, and we're going to go to to number five in a second, but when you do these um, different exercises, you said some of them you can't talk about on the phone. You would have to see see what you're doing. Do you use the, the, I mean, we use the body, actually. We use the eyes to to do, show an infinity, do an infinity sign in a mind's eye. So it's kind of like using the mind a little bit, but it's using, I guess you could say it's using the eyes also, even though the eyes are shut. Do you do physical exercises as well as mental exercises in your programs? Yes. And there's one very important ingredient that connects the mind and body together. So as I said, the body can only stay in the present, but your mind can go wherever. And most of the people have a hard time. Okay, Linda, I get, I have to be in the present moment, but how in the world do I do that? What is the thing that brings me to the present moment, especially when my mind is wandering all over the place? So the thing, the glue, the bridge 
that brings mind and body together is, can you guess what it is? Yeah, I'm waiting because I'm just ready to write this down. I'm on, I'm on pins and needles waiting for the answer. <laughs> the bridge, the bridge that connects. This is the only way you can connect your mind and body together is through energy. When you feel energy, okay. you focus on energy, your body and mind can come together and exist in the present moment. So actually more so than working the physical body and working the mind, we help people feel energy. That's why step one is brain sensitizing, feeling yourself, because most people are numb. Most people cannot feel energy, but it's only through energy, learning how to feel, focus, channel, move energy that will glue mind and body together. So brain education is actually through different physical exercises, through different meditations, not about the exercises or meditations themselves, but learning how to hone energy, feel energy through these techniques to connect your mind and body together. That's great. That's really good. I mean, I was waiting for your answer. So it just, it, it's, it's perfect. It fits in with everything else you're saying. So, so let's, we're running a little short on time. I think we got a little bit more time and I love this. I love what you have to say. I'm loving it. So we have to do a part two down the road if you're open to it. Um, I because I think, yeah, cause I'd love this interview. I really do. So let's go to number five um, and talk about, I guess that, that would be the last step in this particular system. Yes. So step one, feeling yourself. Step two, making your thoughts flexible. Step three, purifying the negative trauma emotions. Step four, connecting your left and right brain. Now step five, you are ready for the culmination of all of these things, which is brain mastering. Brain mastering means that you have now made a condition in your brain where you are ready to take charge of your life and create the life you want. So in brain, it's about creating some purpose, direction, what do I really want? That's the essential question of brain mastering. That's the most essential question of where to create your life. Because if you ask most people, hey, what do you want? It sounds like a very simple question, but most people don't really know what they want. No, I agree with you. And it does sound simple, but it's not that simple. Sometimes the simplest things are the most profound. So something... That simple sometimes is the most profound thing because people, like you said, would just take that for granted. Well, you know, I know what I want, but if you break it down, they don't. And so I think this is very important. Right. And then even if people think they have an answer. So, for example, a very common answer someone might say is I want money. OK, that's a very common answer and that's OK to have. But then the next question right. is, what are you going to do with that money? That's what you really want. It's not the money itself that you want, but it's because the money is a tool to get you something beyond that. That's why people seek money. So like this, right. most people don't know what it is that they truly want. They think they know something like, I want money. I want a house. I want a good job. But those are just the means to get you something deeper that you're really longing for inside. But most people can't access that deep inside. So brain mastering is about right. truly in my life, what do I want? What kind of life story do I want to write? And it sounds simple, but it's actually a very profound, difficult question 
that people have a hard time answering. And if you don't know what you want in life, how can you just from common sense on a fundamental level, how can you create the life you want if you don't even know what you want? Right, right. It's a moving target for some people. They don't know. So you, you, if you don't have a target to hit, you can't even begin. Yeah. And if you don't know what you want, you're kind of at the whim of, okay, well, let's see where life takes me. And I guess I'll just go wherever the, the, the waves crash. Then if you live that yeah. way, you're living passively. That's not a life that you create. That's a life that is created for you. And in terms of, you know, that, that very basic, but, you know, both, both basic and profound at the same time, how do you help someone, you know, with that question, you know, if they, if they don't know, which most people probably don't really know, and they're not going to break it down. Do you help them by breaking it down? So I ask them first, what do you want? And then like the example I gave you, people say, I want money. And then I ask them, okay. Money is a means to an end. What does money mean to you that makes you want it so badly? So I've met many, many different people who give me many, many different answers. But you know what a very interesting thing about the human mind is, Jim, is that what I found, no matter who you are, what your backgrounds, as long as you have some sort of stability in life, like meaning you're not, hung, you're not going hungry, you have a roof over your head, basic survival things. If you have all right. the basic survival things given to you, then a very interesting thing I found in people is that beyond just the survival things, what we all want at our core, in our innermost conscience and consciousness, is that every single person has a desire to be of service, to do something bigger than themselves. Bigger than themselves, right. Yeah, and, a, and a, when you participate in something bigger than you, bigger than your, just your personal life and the life of your family close to you, when you join something bigger, something that contributes to a global cause, it creates a deep, deep sense of satisfaction and joy about your existence that cannot be bought yeah. with money, that cannot be bought with something materialistic. So it's very, very interesting that when I ask people, what do you want? And I break it down and get to their core. Every single person has some desire to be of service, to use their life for good in some way. As long as their basic needs are met, this was a common thing that I saw in every single person that I've talked to. And Isn't I feel, that interesting? Yeah. And I feel, you know, people who are listening to this show, if you break it down at the base, everybody, I believe, is inherently good and has a desire to be of service, to use their life in a more meaningful way. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think you're right. And I think that's beautiful. And I think you're right. People, you know, if you can get around yourself, if you can get, if you can get beyond yourself, I should say, um, and expand out, that's where the happiness is. Um, I think that too many people that are focused inwardly, just all about me, they find out re really quickly that it's not what they expected. It's not, you know, when they get those things, if they don't have a broader reach, if they're not seeing things from a larger perspective, the, the they're not happy. Ultimately, they find out that 
what they thought was going to make them happy um, and a very, you know, small level or a very large level is really nothing. It's minute. That's why you see so many people who have a lot of money or a lot of things in life are just never satisfied because what they think is going to make them happy. And fortunately they don't all go to see you. And what they think is going to make them happy is, is, is ultimately not fulfilling. So I think that, um, you know, we got to get them to you. We got to get those people to you quickly. So you can help them out. No, but I think that was, I think that's a great note um, to, to, um, to end the conversation because I really, I think there's so much more we can go into. Um, and I would love to, to extend this and do more with you and discuss more because this is really enlightening for me. And I'm sure the audience would love to hear more about this and more about you. So um, this is just, you know, the beginning five steps. And again, there's so much more we could talk about with you. Um, I know you have so many things online. How can the, how, I mean, we're going to have everything, by the way, everything's going to be on the show. So, you know, your name, your, how they can get in touch with you, everything else will be on the, uh, on the, on our show. But you can also please give out your information and um, how people get in contact with you and how they can, you know, see you and so forth. Sure. So my primary medium that I share this um, knowledge that I briefly shared here is through my YouTube channel. So if you go on YouTube, search Brain Education TV, or you could just go to www.youtube.com forward slash Brain Education TV. You will see my YouTube channel and you will see all these different exercises and different videos where I talk about different teachings and principles and philosophies of brain education and how to apply them in your daily life. So if this conversation in, on Jimmy's show was of interest to you, I think my YouTube page will be of interest to you as well because I go deeper into the many different layers and the many different aspects of brain education. And you also do private one-on-one and all that type of stuff or so they can get in touch with you privately if they want to yeah so I do do one-on-one sessions online so people who know they have some kind of anxiety issue or some kind of physical issue physical mental emotional spiritual and you want to work with me one-on-one then I do offer those so if you are interested please email me my email is braineducationtv at gmail.com thank you so much it was really, it was a lot. I had a lot of fun. I learned a lot today and I think the audience is going to love it. And, um, and I think that, uh, I would love to do a part two for sure with you, um, down the line, whenever you're, you know, available. Um, but I really learned a lot. I really appreciate your time, Linda, Linda, June, Jen, thank you so much for your time and speaking with you today. It was my pleasure. Thank you, Jimmy, for having me. I would love to do a part two. There's lots of things we can talk about. Okay. It was great speaking with you. This is Jimmy A. Light, Inside and Out at Up To Me Radio, signing out.